The day you left for Marseille, I drove to the airport. I went to the gift shop and I saw this necklace. It was gold. It said Stillwater on it. I thought it'd be a little piece of home to take with you. Some folks are born made to wear the fly. You're in Marseille for vacation? Yeah, this is my daughter. The father of the girl, the, the American student? Yes, ma'am. Allison came here for college, and that's where she met this girl, Lena. One night she found Lena dead and called the police. All they cared about was Allison sleeping with some Arab girl. I loved her. I know you did. But everybody thinks that I killed her. We have exhausted every possible legal action. Is the lawyer not helping you? I'm doing it myself for now. I could have. What's your name? Maya. Maya. Oh, that's nice. She's very protective with me. You seen that guy before? No one would talk to you, trust me. And not from here. It's not safe for you. She's my little girl. It will be a serious mistake to commit a crime to prove your daughter innocent. It will not get her out of jail. And it will send you in. Lord, please keep a watchful eye on Allison. Amen. Police. Did you ask her to lie? I'm trying to get my little girl out of jail. That's all I give a damn about. You sound very American right now. Good. I am. Yeah, and you're also a stranger here. What did you do? You just have to trust me. Welcome to an all-new episode of Palace Off the Top Rope. Thank you so much for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. And on deck for today's episode, Matt Damon is back in the new film from director Tom McCarthy. For those of you that know him, he directed Spotlight, which won Best Picture a couple of years ago at the Academy Awards. Um, He's back with the new film, Stillwater. I got to check that out tonight as it is premiering this weekend along with Jungle Cruise and you'll get my thoughts on uh, what I think the box office is going to be this weekend. Uh, should be pretty interesting. But before I get to that, a lot of exciting stuff coming up. Football season's right around the corner. So originally when I was posting on social media, I said I was going to have another episode this week. And it was really supposed to be me along with uh, Abraham Trevino and Jake Ramirez. Uh, we're going to be doing the football show. Uh, once the season gets into full gear, we'll be coming up every week, and it'll be a show dedicated strictly to that, uh, away from the main show here where I talk about you know movies, wrestling, and anything else pop culture related that I want to talk about. That one will strictly be football, football, football. We'll, we'll incorporate fantasy and all that stuff, and, and this was supposed to be the prelude to that. But, uh, you know, schedules are hard. You know, life gets in the way. You know, nothing's perfect. You know, stuff has to be arranged and... Uh, you know, we have to try to plan stuff ahead. Uh, that was originally going to be today's episode, but we pushed that to Monday. That's when we'll record. A lot of stuff coming up on the NFL news, which I haven't covered because I want to save it for that. So expect that episode early next week, if not like late Monday, if not Tuesday for sure. That episode will be out as we gear you up for football season. The NFL, you know, the NBA's done. Congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. I haven't had a chance to congratulate them on winning the NBA Finals, but uh, that's over with. It's time to focus fully on football, but also, you know, wrestling's getting, it's picking up momentum and steam, specifically All Elite Wrestling, which uh, in the last episode, I talked about the idea of Brian Danielson, or Daniel Bryan, however you want to call him. If you're a WWE guy, it's Daniel Bryan. But for everybody else, it's Brian Danielson. About him and CM Punk possibly joining 
that company and what it would mean for the industry, and it would just be tremendous business. Well, this week's episode of AEW Dynamite, uh, codenamed uh, Fight for the Fallen, uh, which is just a just a special little live event. Uh, yes, it's still a dynamite show, their their weekly thing, but they you know they make some special matches and fun show. They've been doing a lot of great stuff over the last couple of weeks. Ratings have been tremendous. They've been hitting over a million, which is uh, may seem like nothing, but for a startup company like this, which is o- almost what this is like the second or third year that it's been in existence, and it's grown this quickly. And the ratings continue to get better and better and, and like stay steadily even for the most part. Um, but now with the news of Brian and Punk last week, you know, just, they're just, they're just firing on all cylinders right now and everything's going their way. But what I want to talk about specifically about that show is that news was announced of a, of another live event coming. So they have a, they have another show that they're going to debut on TNT, right? So they have their show on Wednesdays. Uh, every week on TNT. Um, so this is the first company to really like be like a real legit promotion with, with major backing from a major network, right? Since the days of like WCW. That's why this is a big deal. Like finally there's, there's competition for the WWE, although they're not at their level yet, but they're like slowly creeping up just because of how far WWE has fallen in terms of ratings and in terms of quality. So. It may be a more even matchup uh, sooner than you think. But anyways, so they've had this Dynamite show for a couple of years now, and they're ready to expand and, and create another show, which is going to be airing on Friday nights. That'll also be on TNT. But it won't be going head-to-head with, like, SmackDown. We all know SmackDown would win that battle easily. SmackDown is easily the highest-rated wrestling show out of everything that's going on right now. Now, for how long that lasts, who knows? But they will be debuting that second show on Friday nights, and it will probably be airing right after SmackDown. And it's going to be like a one-hour show. It's not going to be two hours like their regular Dynamite show is. But here's the kicker, folks. On August 20th, the night before SummerSlam, they announced that they're going to have that Rampage show in Chicago. I'm sorry. I'm trying to tee it up for you guys. Chicago is the hometown of CM Punk. And I know they're going to have the All Out pay-per-view, which is their next one coming up in September. And they have shows there booked in uh, in Chicago as well. They're all sold out, right? Chicago's like huge for the wrestling market. But here's the big exciting news. They announced for that August 20th Rampage show, which is going to be on a Friday night. It's going to be at the United Center where the Chicago Bulls player used to play. You know, I'm not, I don't really follow basketball. I don't know if there's, I don't know how many arenas. Chicago has, but basically this is like a huge, like 20,000 plus seat arena. And they announced that it was going to be there. And why is this of significance? Because you don't announce something like that. You don't announce an arena like that because AEW is, you know, they're not quite there yet where they could be booking those type of arenas. Now, eventually they may get there with the way they're going, right? If they continue with this momentum and, and they give us quality wrestling and storylines and all that stuff if all that keeps up and and the momentum goes yeah they could have eventually reached that spot where they're like wwe where they're going town to town but they're hitting like the big arenas right like you know you go to las vegas you go to the t-mobile arena uh when you go to dallas you know you go to like the american airlines center or where the mavericks play and all that stuff you know what i mean like real legit um arenas i've been to two dynamites already and they're like in small they've been in smaller arenas um Nothing like gigantic, but this United Center is like it's a legit arena that, like I said, either it's still where the Chicago Bulls play or where they used to play. And uh, so you don't announce a show like that if you don't have someone like CM Punk signed to the company. So I'm kind of thinking this is already like a done deal and they dropped a lot of hints. If you're like a huge CM Punk um you know, his moniker of being best in the world, that was teased throughout the show. MJF started off his promo against Jericho last night in the main event, and he referenced the CM Punk famous pipe bomb promo that he did in WWE back in, uh, what was it, 2011. Um, So there was a lot of hints of CM Punk, and when they announced that show, 
on August 20th, like the crowd immediately erupted into CM Punk chants. And the camera cuts went directly to the audience. Like they didn't ignore it. So they're throwing all these little breadcrumbs. Now they have yet to confirm that CM Punk is with All Elite Wrestling. But you don't book the United Center if you don't have someone like CM Punk. Because it's in Chicago, right? So the, the chance of them selling good amount of tickets for that is possible. And B, you don't drop all those breadcrumbs and references. And I think even like in the Young Bucks match, um, they, one of the guys did uh, one of CM Punk's you know signature moves. And it's like, okay, that's just too on the nose. And it's too obvious, right? Like they're, they have to deliver on this, right? Like they have to give us CM Punk now. Now, if they don't, that's just going to be the biggest backfire in the history of this company. They may lose, you know, good faith with uh, a lot of the fan base. You know, they could be turned off by that. And they kind of did this earlier this year on one of their pay-per-views for Revolution. I believe it was back in February or something like that. Or March, I forgot when it was. And they had announced that they had this big signing, right? And everyone, like, got excited because it's always, like, when there's a huge signing or somebody's coming in. Um, CM Punk has been away from wrestling for like years and his name is always thrown around. Audiences still chant for him. You know, WWE had this problem for a couple of years where, and I think still to this day, every once in a while, um, the audience will break into CM Punk chants whenever they don't like something or if they want to hijack a segment or whatever. So his name has been around for so long, right? Like that it's always like been teased like, oh, is CM Punk ever going to? come back to wrestling, you know, all elite wrestling now exists. When is he ever going to pop up there? And it's always like CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk. Like whenever there's any mention of a surprise or somebody signed, somebody huge, but, uh, too many, too many bread come breadcrumbs have been dropped now that I, I think it's kind of a done deal. Tony Khan and what he's doing there. Tony Khan is the, uh, the owner and CEO of, of All Elite Wrestling. He's giving the fans what they want. Like He's giving a, a very, very entertaining product, and he's doing the exact opposite of what Vince McMahon has been doing with WWE over the last you know decade plus, almost 20 years, is that he doesn't toy around with the audience. Now, was it kind of a letdown at that pay-per-view earlier this year where they – Signed somebody and it ended up being like, I mean, he was a good wrestler. He's a fun, like entertaining guy from WWE, but you know, that you don't build up something like that just to give us like, you know, kind of like an average middle of the card type guy. Like you can't do that. So they're over one on that. So now they have to really deliver on this, but again, they're dropping those hints. So, so on the nose and so like right there, like for us, it's like not even like hidden. Like it's so obvious. Uh, Darby Allen is one of their most popular young wrestlers in all elite wrestling. And, uh, he cut a promo right after they announced that show for August 20th rampage in the United center in Chicago. And he's talking about how he's going to be there in Chicago and that he's fought all these great people. And, uh, if you want to be great, it's here in AEW. And then he drops the line, even if you're the best in the world. And for those of you that follow CM Punk, that was his whole moniker in WWE when he really got his run going is that he called himself the best in the world. It was plastered all over shirts and all that stuff. So I think it's all, you know, all but confirmed basically. Right. And I think that it's going to continue to be that way until he sets foot like in a ring and you see him on camera and all that, because I, I think, you know, it's hard to keep things a secret nowadays. Like everybody's just so insider in the internet just exposes everything like it's hard to keep surprises um so i think tony khan is trying his best to try to like you know keep this as a tight lid as possible but still also like throw out those easter eggs um he has to deliver on it and uh tickets go on sale for this show i believe on monday like fully for the public there's pre-sales that are going to happen tomorrow and i'm following dave Meltzer, and uh there's a this amazing twitter account uh, called Wrestle Ticks, where they follow every wrestling show and how many tickets they sell exactly, how many seats are left, and all that stuff. It's a very, very amazing account, and I've been following that. So I will be watching very closely what these guys report this weekend as far as like the pre-sale. But then, of course, for sure, Monday, 
when it goes on sale fully. And again, this show is is not that far off. Like I keep thinking we're like we're still in the middle of July. We're not. We're about to hit August. And uh, the show is going to be on August 20th. Again, it's the night before SummerSlam. SummerSlam is going to be on a Saturday this year, which usually WWE pay-per-views are on a Sunday. But they're taking a different approach. It's It's been a a weird get-back-to-reality type year, even though we're still kind of almost dipping again with this Delta variant, whatever's going on. I haven't really looked much into this. And cases, what's real, what's not, I don't know. It's just It's just an interesting time right now. But wrestling is so cool. Uh, again, I mean, I can't highly recommend All Elite Wrestling enough. You know, if, if I'm going to try to bring somebody into wrestling, I'm kind of going to point them in that direction towards that company because WWE, like, John Cena's back and all that. That's cool and all. But overall, the product has just been so bad. And they're on the road to SummerSlam, which they really should be putting on some powerhouse shows. You know, they got crowds back in attendance. And right now they're just so-so. Like, who? They're just, they're wet in the bed. You know, they got the Cena card that they can play on SmackDown. And they, they're doing this whole Summer of Cena thing. But, I mean, already he didn't show up on this past Monday's Raw. Now I know he probably wrestled after the show. And, you know, they announced him for that. But if you're going to announce this Summer of Cena and he's going to be on all these, you know, tour dates. Like, and, and you're listing Raw. Like, have him come out, cut a promo. I don't know if you want him wrestling a lot because I'm sure all these contracts that he's got with movies that are coming up that he's going to film, I'm sure, like, they're, you know, <laughs> walking on eggshells, like, with, with nervousness and anxiety, hoping that he doesn't get hurt or doesn't pull, like, a rock, you know, where he came back and wrestled but and got injured and delayed filming for, you know, whatever movie it was. I think it was, like, a Hercules or something like that. So... Yeah, you know, WWE, they have the Cena card, and uh, but they have a couple of aces still up their sleeve. You know, when are we going to see Becky Lynch return? You know, Sasha Banks. Like, those are the wrestlers I love to see. And, I mean, right now, Cena, like, I enjoy watching him on, on Friday Night SmackDown. and But everything else, like, gosh, they really got to step it up because AEW's knocking on the door. CM Punk is all but confirmed. The next one's going to be uh, Brian Danielson. And when he shows up, supposedly the rumor is in September when they're going to have a show in New York when it's already sold like 15, 16,000 tickets. So that's going to be a big show. So September is going to be an interesting month for wrestling, but August now has really kicked it up with this, this show that AEW announced. And we'll see if ticket sales are tremendous. And if they sell out that United Center, like first day, like holy shit, AEW is knocking on the door. Watch out, everybody. We got a real war again. Um, and and that's a good thing for fans because it's going to force WWE, whether they like it or not, to, to try different things, right? They've been so stagnant and so stale for so many years. But now if they have somebody knocking at the door, if they beat them in ratings at one point, whether if it's just for one week, like they're there. And it's, it's going to force them. To try things. And that's really what. That's really what I want in WWE. Is I want them to try new things. Because what they're doing now. Just doesn't work anymore. And I know. Uh, they're kind of under new management now. With Nick Khan. And he's doing all these different maneuvers. And I had read a blurb. That he said that he doesn't even really consider. WWE a wrestling company anymore. And it's like. I know they've gone more corporate and they have all these sponsors and they sold their TV rights to, you know, streamers like Peacock. That's part of a, a whole other conglomerate, right? With NBC, Universal, Comcast, all that stuff. You know, Fox owns SmackDown. So, you know, it's all corporations now. You know, there was rumblings early in the year that, oh, wow, like WWE is going to sell to, you know, whoever, you know, Disney could buy them out, whatever. I don't, maybe that may happen down the line. Who knows? I mean, but the future for them is is more bleak as opposed to AEW. Like, if AEW didn't exist, I'd be like, man, like, we're going to see, like, really the end of wrestling. And it's not the case anymore. Like, there's there's light on the other side, and that's AEW, and they're doing amazing stuff. Are they perfect? No. But are they trying? Are they doing different things? Are they approaching things in opposite, you know, directions, like, you know, just completely different of what WWE is doing. Absolutely. 
So that's super exciting. And again, the big news this week is that new show, that live event that's going to be in Chicago at the United Center, 20,000-plus seater arena. Like, you don't do that unless CM Punk is signed to your company, right, if you're going to deliver something big like that. So, again, all but confirmed. Stay tuned, everybody. It's going to be amazing. You're going to be hearing more wrestling on this show. Uh, for a show that's called Palace Off the Top Rope, right? Let's go. Let's get some more wrestling. It's back. Like, I'm excited again. Like, I love tuning in every Wednesday on TNT to that show because they've made wrestling fun again. Will I be a WWE lifer? Probably just because I've been watching it since I was a young kid. But, you know, it's almost like a chore watching that sometimes. Again, Cena's here for now, but we'll see afterwards. And I'm watching. But AEW, it's like, man, I want to tune in every week. I want to know what's going on with everybody. Everybody's doing different things. There's so many storylines, so many young, much young talent. Uh, the use of the veterans is good. And now you're telling me CM Punk and Brian Danielson might join the mix? Like, that might just put it over the top. That's my That might end up being my favorite, you know, wrestling promotion to watch. And, you know, I could put away WWE until they fix things, and I'll be good with it. But super exciting, super fun stuff. Ah, uh, gosh, got to talk about other things. But, yes, wrestling is uh, it's getting cool again, folks, and I love it. I love it to death. Um, as I mentioned, still to come on this show, my review of Stillwater, which I got to check out tonight. Again, it's premiering this weekend with Jungle Cruise and The Green Knight, which has been a long-delayed film from A24 starring Dev Patel. Um, I don't know if I'll get to watch that one. That one doesn't really have my interest. Jungle Cruise, again, also, eh, it's, it's kind of whatever. I'm kind of like sour on Dwayne Johnson, but I know that movie is going to be the number one movie of the weekend. I know the best movie that I saw is the one I saw tonight. Spoilers for if you're wondering if I liked it or not. Um, but more to come on that. But yeah, Jungle Cruise will be the number one movie this weekend. And But we'll see how much. How, we'll see how much it's going to make. Again, what's in play now is, again, this Delta variant that's, you know, starting to pick up some steam. You know, we're seeing cases rise again. You know, there's talk of mask mandates returning and all that stuff. So, you know, again, very uncertain times. You know, that may affect business this weekend. Um, here where I live in San Antonio, we had a huge uh, celebrity fan fest that was going to happen this weekend. We were going to have, like, people like Ewan McGregor show up, Hayden Christensen, you know, people from Star Wars, Marvel, whatever. You know, they all pulled out last second because of what's going on right now in the country. So none of that, that got totally canceled and done with. So sucks for those people that paid money for that stuff. You know, our business could be affected this weekend too. We don't know. Um yeah, because, I mean, Black Widow did have a huge opening, but then it just went away. Like, I, I never saw a movie, like, a Marvel movie dip that quickly. And, uh, you know, Space Jam dipped tremendously bad. But, again, that one's also on HBO Max. I don't know if streaming has anything to do with it. That could also be a factor. And, again, Jungle Cruise is one of those movies that's going to be available on Disney+. Plus. Again, you have to pay a premium of $30. Are you going to want to pay $30 to see Dwayne Johnson in a weird, you know, sea captain's hat and Emily Blunt? Is that enough to get you to pay $30? I don't know. But we'll, we'll see how that movie does. Uh, our pre-sales haven't looked too crazy for it and either for next week's Suicide Squad, but we'll see. Uh, there's early reviews already for Suicide Squad. I'll be checking that out next week. Uh, I mean, I'm, I love that it's getting positive reviews, but also I'm not hanging my hat on that you know always judge a movie for yourself whether i hear good or bad it's whatever you think about it so yes it's getting good reviews but i'm not like pumping my chest about it because i know it's one of my most anticipated movies of the year and while that's good and all i still hold on to whatever i think about the movie not based on what critics think or what a rotten tomato score says so yeah but yes jungle cruise will win the weekend but i think it's going to be a soft weekend um, there's a lot out there and plus it's, you know, summer weather's good right now, but again, a lot of factors into play the, the Delta variant. So that's why I've kind of backed off doing like box office predictions ever since this thing came back into play. Cause you know, I, I could totally whiff and I don't want to ruin my 2021 record cause it's been kind of good. I nailed dead on with black widow. I got it exactly right. F9, the Fast Saga, was basically like, you know, right there. Space Jam, I was off by like 3 million. So I've been real good with box office predictions. But now that this variant 
is in play. Damn you, Marvel. Of course, right? They introduced the word variant in the show Loki, and now all of a sudden, like, the Delta variant is a thing, and we're hearing that word a lot more now than I've ever heard before in my life. So I think it's funny how that coincides, but not that there's any, like, conspiracies or anything like that, but I think it's just super funny. Uh, I'll try to, I try to find humor in a lot of things these days because everybody's so serious and everybody gets offended by, by everything. No, I'm looking always for ways to laugh, make somebody laugh. You know, that's just, just how I think that's how we're going to get through this is comedy. Um, at least from my point of view. Um, so still water, still to come in my review, but we're, we're, we're hitting that point in movie season. And I know this is a weird year. It's basically going to be like summer all year long because usually the end of summer movies like big blockbusters is after August. Like it's pretty much nothing. (laughs) Not this year because in September we got like a Marvel movie. We got a Venom movie. We got October with James Bond and Halloween. And and then we get to like November, December. And, you know, we're going to have more Marvel, Spider-Man and Matrix and all this other stuff. So that's all fine and good. Our blockbusters are there, so it's going to feel like summer all year long. Top Gun, Maverick, the, the highly anticipated sequel, um, which a lot of people I know are looking forward to that, including myself. But the latter part of the year is where we start to get like more serious movies, which is why I'm shocked that Stillwater was slotted in like a July spot. And you, it used to be like you would have like – and I'm not saying this is an Oscar contender, even though I think it may be. Um, you wouldn't have movies like that in the summer. Used to like Gladiator won Best Picture back in the day, and that was like a summer released movie. I don't know, things are different now. Usually, people or studios wait till the end of the year to release movies like that. And uh, excuse me, um, we got a couple of trailers. I didn't get to talk really about this one last week, and uh, I got super excited because it's three days before my birthday when it drops, and also it's got a lot of my favorite actors in it. So I'm talking about him later on, but Matt Damon's got another movie coming out later this year with Ben Affleck, which they, I believe they co-wrote again. So this is like a, a tandem that I've been waiting to get back together and do something together, like write and act together. Um, along with Adam Driver, it's Ridley Scott. It's called The Last Duel. The trailer's out online now. And I had just been craving a movie like this, right? Cause I had seen Braveheart a couple of weeks ago and I was like, God, I'm like, I'm aching for a movie like that. And that's what this movie kind of is, although it's, you know, it's going to be probably more character and drama driven as opposed to like flat out action, like the way Braveheart does get like in the middle of its act. Uh, I don't think we're going to see that type of movie, but you know, this Shakespearean like type acting and, and drama, it's going to be great to see. I love Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. You know, they've been around forever. But now you got Adam Driver, who's one of the best up-and-coming actors. He's in the mix. What's Ridley Scott going to bring in his direction? So I'm looking forward to that movie so much. It's probably going to have a lot of Oscar nominations. I could just feel it. It's it, it's got it's just got that vibe. And again, it comes out October 15th, three days before my birthday. Again, I think I might schedule if my company's still doing it. If they if they're doing private screenings, I may buy up a theater and watch that. Invite some of my close buddies if you're interested. And we'll watch that one. So looking forward to that. Again, trailer's online now. Go look it up. The Last Duel. Um, Got an, another interesting trailer yesterday. And I, I, I missed this one. It got dropped early in the day, but I didn't catch it till about last night when I got home. I was doing some extra work. Um, It's called King Richard with Will Smith. And it's the story of Venus and Serena Williams' dad. If you know Venus and Serena Williams, they're two of the greatest tennis players in the history of the world. Um, so this is going to be an interesting movie. Will Smith's trying something here. This looks like, you know, almost a surefire best actor nomination for this role. I can see it coming a mile away. It just looks that way. The movie looks really good, too. Like, I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be a simultaneous release on HBO Max and uh, in the theaters. And I knew this movie was coming for a while because whenever HBO Max promotes their, you know, streaming day movie, they have like a whole block if you go to the HBO Max app of movies that are coming out. And that title was always on there. So I knew that movie was coming, but we finally got a trailer for it. And I think it's out in November, right around Thanksgiving, I think. So it's going to be a good Thanksgiving movie. It's probably going to be one of those feel-good movies. 
And for sure, it just looks like Will Smith's back to like, oh shit, like he's going to be in the mix for the Oscars and uh, I can see him landing a Best Actor nomination and he'll probably like win the Golden Globe or something like that. But we'll see about the Oscar. But it looks like he's really going to put in a good performance here. He's, you know, he's trying with a voice and all that stuff. I love it when actors do stuff like this and especially when it doesn't come off cheesy and it sounds authentic and that's what it looks like here and again i'm basing this off a trailer we'll see what happens when the actual movie comes out but i'm pretty much looking forward to it so yeah so again we're 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 gonna start to see trailers for all these like more serious movies uh when i was watching Stillwater, a lot of like just more serious movies like not so much blockbusters like just more where it's focused on the acting there's some good ones coming out uh, especially the one with Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield that I didn't know existed or didn't really haven't really had my eye on it, and I finally saw the trailer for it tonight. Uh, it, something called Ta- something Tammy Faye. That's basically what it's called, and it's Jessica Chastain and a little bit of uh, like a suit. Maybe? I don't want to say fat. I mean, it's a fat suit, but you know what I mean. Like, I don't think she gained weight for the role, but they put her in one of these you know suits and she's playing like this out of whack character stuff that she doesn't usually play so it looks interesting kind of want to see that andrew garfield's also like was put in a suit Uh, and you can kind of tell right like i don't think they gained weight for these roles like i'm just being honest um but that looks interesting so again more serious movies are going to be coming out and we're going to get more trailers for it of course we'll still have our blockbusters folks so all you geeks and, and fanboys are going to get your Marvel movies and all that stuff. And I'll cover it here on the show. Although, Shang-Chi, like, I can't tell you how just bland that movie looks to me. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to give it a shot. But, gosh, I don't know. Like, I feel like Marvel, I think it's it, it's gotten a little bit arrogant with itself. And they think they could just put out anything and they think it's going to stick. And we'll see how far the brand gets them. But, you know, I... I still think stars matter, and you know, with this one in Eternals, we're not really seeing that much star power. I mean, yeah, you got Angelina Jolie and Salma Hayek in Eternals, but like, they're not like huge, huge stars. Like, you know, that I mean, that's just my opinion, of course. But I don't know. I just I feel like they don't have anybody yet until we get back to like a Thor or the Guardians three. And even Black Panthers, the sequel is going to be interesting because there's there's a lot of curiosity as to what they're going to do with that movie now that Chadwick Boseman passed away. You know, he played the title character, right? So there's a lot of intrigue there. So I think it won't be until we get back to those movies where we'll start seeing these giant numbers for Marvel again. But who knows? Maybe these these new uh, characters, these new um, stories that they're going to introduce to the introduced to us maybe they will land and i could be completely wrong but i don't know i just they just look so bland to me it looks like the same paint by numbers movies you know they just look too safe to me they're safe movies black widow was safe it was a big nothing um but yeah i don't know but interesting weird year right weird year for movies it's not gonna stop it's gonna be weekly which is good for my show because there basically be something every week um so I'll have content to provide for you all. Um, last thing before we take a break, uh, and this really goes into like why I love the theater, movie theater business, the box office. Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney for breach of contract in, in terms of what happened with the Black Widow release, right? Because what happened like a few months before they decided. Uh, that they were officially going to release it into theaters. They said it was, oh, hey, we're also going to release it on uh, on Disney+. Plus. You can buy it at home and own it as long as you're subscribed to Disney+. Plus. What? Now, of course, actors are going to hate this because I still think the maximum way for a movie to earn all its profits and make as much money as it can is through a theatrical exhibition. And Black Widow made $80 million on its opening weekend. And supposedly, like, another 60-some in streaming, right? They Disney finally released those numbers, right? How convenient. Now, did they do that because Black Widow kind of, like, had an underwhelming number in terms for them? Because I... Or if it's true, then that severely undercut its potential because $80 is pretty high considering 
where we're at in the country right now with the, with the pandemic still, and the, that that's still a really high number. It's the it's the biggest number in the pandemic era, right? Like it it set that mark. But you kind of think like if it didn't have that Disney Plus thing attached to it, I think this movie could have easily broken a hundred million at the box office opening weekend. Now I can't say I can't guarantee that, but if those numbers of Disney Plus are correct. Then hell yeah, it cut into it, and it cut into bonuses that Scarlett Johansson may have signed up for in her contract. So she's got a really good case here. Uh, I haven't read fully into the story as far as like you know what Disney's reaction to it is. I've got buddies that have sent me links on it, and I'll, I'll read up on that more. But it's you know I think this is kind of it for Scarlett Johansson in the MCU. Like I can't see her returning after this, right? Can you imagine like she wins this lawsuit against Disney, and then you know she had this kind of send off in this movie. Because, of course, she died in Avengers Endgame, right? Right? I mean, is it, is it okay to spoil that, folks? Like, we haven't seen Avengers Endgame yet. Then you didn't really want to see that movie. So, sorry if I spoiled it for you. But I can't imagine, like, Kevin Feige years later saying, Hey, like, think we could bring Scarlett back for, like, a flashback scene or whatever? <laughs> Disney's going to be like, fuck you. Like, Kevin Feige, we like you, but don't you dare bring up the name Scarlett Johansson. We have to pay her out. But good for Scarlett Johansson. They're, they're, they're breaking into your... To your box office potential you know that's extra money for you that you could have made this is where disney messed up right because disney's so greedy i think like geez man like just give pay him a bonus warner brothers was ahead of this hbo max and all that i think they paid gal gadot and director patty jenkins like extra money and then they ended up promoting it also for hbo max so they could have done something like that pay scarlett johansson an extra 20 million and say, hey, can you say in like your marketing and all that stuff that it's going to be on Disney Plus too? Like, could have been a win-win, and they could have paid her a little more. So good for her. I'm glad she's suing. You know, it just shows that the theatrical ex- exhibition and or you know the 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 whole idea of movie theaters and, and movies maximizing their profits. It's still it's it's not going away. I think that's that's your best chance and. I think Disney may have squandered that a little bit with Black Widow. Now, we'll see if they'll learn from this. Um, I don't think we'll be seeing numbers for Jungle Cruise this week. And I'll, I'll just tell you that much. That's just that's just what I think, you know, gut instinct. But, yeah, good for Scar Joe. I don't know. I don't know why I'm calling her Scar Joe. Scarlett Johansson suing Disney for breach of contract and, you know, her losing out on bonuses, which I'm sure Black Widow would have made. Had Disney Plus not existed and this was just a theatrical experienced movie in a theater, this movie would have made a, a chunk more money. But it is what it is, right? And we, we have to adapt to the circumstances that we're in. It's just going to be a continuing dual battle. Movie theaters are streaming. Who's going to win? Or Does one have to die? Can both coexist? I don't know. We'll see what happens. But anyways, I, I talked a lot of topics so far. In this opening, but let's take a break here. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about the new Matt Damon film, Stillwater, directed by Tom McCarthy, coming up next on Palace Off the Top Rope. We'll be right back. Robert Dubois is in prison for putting Superman in the ICU. I'm not joining your suicide squad. We'll see. It's okay, I'm not okay. Let's meet your team. Max, August 6th, we did our. Welcome back to the show, and I can't believe the Suicide Squad is already one week away. I'm super excited. It's one of my most anticipated movies of the year because it's got uh, John Cena. The year of John Cena continues. Uh, so much crazy stuff happening with him right now, and, and more exciting stuff to come with him uh, later on this year. Um, but also, and I haven't mentioned this a lot. Uh, there's a character in the Suicide Squad called King Shark, and it's voiced by somebody. Now, if you've seen the trailers, the voice is very distinct and sounds familiar. And it's another one of my favorite actors. Sylvester Stallone is voicing that. He's worked with James Gunn before. He was part of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And James Gunn is a huge fan of his, so I'm glad that Stallone is, you know, taking this role. And we'll see what he does with it. You know, I'm expecting either him or John Cena to steal this movie couple of clips have released online and i've happened to catch some of them and 
It looks funny as shit. So I'm really pumped for this. And I can't wait. One week away. Let's go. But anyways, on deck. Main event time. New movie review of the week. I checked out tonight in a full crowd, uh, actually, where I was at. So it was uh, it was nice to be in that for this type of movie. And uh, we're not getting a lot of these these days. So along with old last week, like this is the second week finally where like after months and months and months of sequels and prequels and just adaptations of different IP, like we got finally some fresh like original movies. Now, old was it, it's hit or miss. I enjoyed it because of the wacky weirdness, but uh, you know, you, you kind of might just be whatever on this. Now, if you're a fan of acting and directing and you know human emotion and and you know people just interacting and just human emotion, I mean, if you if you enjoy all of that, then you're gonna love this movie Stillwater. Um, I believe it's one of the best films of the year. It's a little long. It's about two hours and 20 minutes. I'm not sure if that's with trailers or I'm always thinking in movie theater terms. But I think the movie is actually two hours and 20 minutes. So it's a little lengthy, but it's very well acted. And I think it was very well paced. Like, yes, it does feel long, but also like there's always something happening, uh, at least in terms of like character development or whatever's going on in the plot. So it's the story about... uh, this dad played by Matt Damon. He's uh he's an Oklahoman, you know, he works he's like an oil driller, he works construction, he's got like the American accent and uh so he goes and visits his daughter in like this French city. I forgot what the name of it is. It's it's mentioned in the trailer. Um I don't want to butcher it. Um so basically she's in prison for this crime that they think she did. Right? She's already been sentenced and you know, she's serving her time. And she, and Matt Damon's character goes and visits her every now and then. But this uh, visit that he goes on in this movie, she reveals some information to him like that may prove her innocent and maybe possibly get her case reopened and tried again. So most of the movie, well, probably like, like 98% of the movie takes place like in that city, right? It's off American ground. So it's... Matt Damon, you know, playing this character that's out of his element, so doesn't really know how to connect with the people there in terms of, like, language. So it's very timely with its themes of how, you know, we're all different and all these forms of communication. So there's a lot of, you know, playing into that. So it's very, it's a movie very of the moment right now. But it's not really so much thrown in your face, even though there's some parts of it where it's like, okay, cool. Like, I get what you're trying to say here, but... You know, let, let's move it along. Um, I don't know. I feel like people, I feel like people aren't going to like this movie because the marketing is kind of misleading. Like I said, it's nice. It was a nicely paced movie for me because it's going by like this paint by numbers thing a little bit, where it's like, you know, father trying to save his daughter. And, you know, he's taking the law into his own hands and trying to solve the mystery himself, right? So the movie's doing that, and and it's doing it very well. Like, I'm okay when we've seen movies like this before, as long as they're interesting and they're being they're, – they're telling it in different ways and, and they're keeping it fresh. So I'm cool with that. You know, I I can't tell you. I love seeing mob movies, and I, and I love when they're different, you know. I love my Godfathers, my Goodfellas, my Casinos, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, as long as there's – fresh takes on it and it's doing different things i'm okay with it like you know whatever um so it's doing that right and it's well acted and this and that and it's like oh this like mystery thriller what's gonna happen but that like in the in the second half of the movie like it's it does something weird and it slows down and it decides to do more character development with matt damon's character who's like very flawed in the beginning it's it's you know it's it's pointed out specifically how he's like you know a fuck up or whatever and it's like all these slow revealing like secrets about this character along with all the other characters in the movie like they're all flawed and they, you know they have interesting qualities to them you know there's a lot of father daughter dynamics in this movie um the 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 one who plays Matt Damon's real daughter is played by Abigail Breslin 
And she's a, an actress that's been around for a while. You know, we've seen her growing up as a kid, and now she's like a full-on adult. It's crazy to see. I always just remember her as the little kid from, I forgot what movie it was. But it's like, I always see her as that. So it's weird for me, uh, uh, seeing her as a grown-up in a movie and cursing and all that stuff. So, But uh, Matt Damon also has a relationship in this French city with a, a woman and her daughter. And so he has this really cool dynamic with this young actress. I forgot what her name is. Um, but they have a cool report and it's, it's a relationship based on like sometimes for the most part, they don't really understand each other, but they do understand each other. If that makes any sense. So they kind of like they're, they're in sync and they have like this amazing synergy with each other. So that's a nice little, there's like two father daughter, you know, stories going on in this movie. And and it's interesting in, in the way Tom McCarthy tells this story because on one hand, like, yes, it's, it's, uh, it's a mystery thriller, are they going to be able to free the daughter out of prison and all that? But on the other hand, you got like this flawed guy in Matt Damon who's, again, out of his element and he's learning and trying to change his ways and he's connecting with this woman who's like the the bridge between him and everybody else in that movie because a lot of people like just speak, speak French or, or whatever, so he, he can't relate. So, But he has this woman who, who can speak English and he forms a bond with her and a connection with her. But again, that's where the movie gets really interesting. And this is like in the second half of it, right? Where you think like, oh, this should, it should really pick up on the, on the, you know, hunt. You know, is Matt Damon going to crack the case or whatever? But no, like it, it slows down. And I, I, I like that. And I think a lot of people aren't going to because they're going to be like, oh, well, where's the action? Where's, where, come on, I want, I want the mystery unfold. Is there a twist or whatever? Um, and don't get me wrong, like stuff unfolds in that movie where it's like, oh crap, I didn't see, kind of didn't see that coming. Um, and some revelations are made, but it's also like, Hey, let's, let's, uh, let's just focus on characters. Let's have them just interact and let's see if these, let's see if these characters change their ways. If they learn from stuff, if they learn from each other, you know, whatever. And I really like that. Like by the end of it, like it, it tries to get all philosophical and there's this, has this cool scene at the end of the movie where like, they're just talking and you know, it's, uh, again, it's very, it's really trying to say something, but also like you can roll your eyes at it, but I, I found it to be pretty interesting. And then the movie ends it, this doesn't feel like a big studio movie. It really doesn't. And I know it's from focus features and, and DreamWorks pictures. And, you know, they kind of put sometimes like independent stuff, but more uh, the focus features part of it, not DreamWorks. They put out more like actor friendly movies and more like, you know, dramas, but this felt really felt like, like an independent movie. Like Spotlight to me felt more mainstream than this one. Like this one was very low key, even though you got a big star and Matt Damon in it. But it plays it more like an independent movie, and it's more focused on the characters and the and what they're going through, as opposed to like, oh, the mystery. What's what's the what's the twist? What's the revelation? And you get all that stuff, but it's kind of like it's just kind of on the back burner. It's just there to the side, and you're more interested in the characters and the relationships. So again, I think it's one of the best movies of the year. I think, um, you know, depending on what we get later this year with Netflix or, you know, whatever's going to pop up, there's always surprise movies that come out of nowhere and then they end up in the Oscar race. Um, you know, Matt Damon's got a, if there's not a strong, like, list of people, like, they, we got a chance here for Matt Damon to get an acting nomination. He did really good in this part, in this role. Like, he played it straight, but... There's there's a lot of layers to the character, and a lot of it is with you know how it's in his eyes and his look. You know, Matt Damon's been around for a very long time. He's a seasoned veteran, so you know he, he he's just good at this thing. And he was believable as this character. I think he bulked up for this. Like either that, or if he just wore like really like heavy clothing, but you could tell like Matt Damon's like he looks a little bigger in this movie more than we're used to seeing him. And it's like it was interesting to see. So. You see him as this character, and you believe him as this character. It's like you're not watching Matt Damon; you're watching a character. So I think he did a really good job with his performance. Tom McCarthy, great direction here. You know, all the stuff is good. The locations are all amazing. So um, again, it, it was just, it's weird that I have to say this with movies, especially where we're at now with everything that we get and everything's all IP and franchises. This was just a movie of actors interacting with each other in real locations. No green screen, no CGI, none of that bullshit. It was just acting. And, you know, I, I like to listen to people. You know, again, I was with a crowd in this movie, so I want to see what they're 
gauging what they thought. And, uh, yeah, you know, you had people coming out being like, oh, man, like, I was waiting for, like, something to happen. Like, well, you know, shit does happen. Sometimes it doesn't have to be, like, a a physical, like, story thing. It could be just in the characters and, and, and how they grow and whatnot. So, you know, Matt Damon's completely different at the end of the movie than when you saw him at the start of the movie. And sometimes that's cool in the movie where it's more about the character growth and, and, and changing his ways and all that stuff. Not not that he's a villain and anything like that. It's a, it's a, just a movie where, you know, you have to learn to see things from different perspectives and you can't always be like just, it's not, there's not black and white. It, there's a lot of gray. And I think that's, one of the, the takeaways from this movie is that there's a lot of gray and, you know, sometimes people that think like, you know, and I, I'm sure a lot of people think of us Americans as arrogant and and just, you know, cookie cut and dry and, you know, how we say goes and how we want to go about things is the right way. And sometimes it's not. And, you know, again, it's trying to say a lot of things and some of it sticks and some of it also you roll your eyes at, but it's not enough to like down the movie. Like it, I think it's just well acted it's um there's a good script and all that stuff you know there's good dialogue happening between these characters and again that was my favorite part of it and and if you're into all that stuff and you like to see that stuff um you're gonna enjoy this movie so i highly recommend it again i think it's one of the best movies of the year and that's my review for the week uh again i wanted to get another episode out for you guys this week so here it is and i i think i'm gonna cap it off here you know it was a good night at the movies um, it was a good week of wrestling, and then, again, things are just getting more and more exciting. We're coming to the end of the summer part of movie season, even though it's going to kind of continue, and then we're going to get our Oscar-baited movies and serious movies, and uh, it's just going to get more wacky. NFL, again, is right around the corner. I'll be coming on with Abraham and Jake. Uh, we'll be recording on Monday, and again, hopefully it'll be up by late Monday, or not for sure, Tuesday, where we'll have that episode up, and we're going to catch up on everything that's going on in the NFL, so... I know y'all are aching for us to talk about what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, so don't worry, it's coming, but I'm going to save it. So, But yeah, that's going to do it for this this episode. You can find me on Spotify, search Palace Off the Top Rope, hit that follow button. I do share this podcast link through my social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through podbean.com. You can download the app for Podbean, listen through there. Um, if you're an Apple person, you got an iPhone, you know, you got a little podcast tab on there. Search Palace off the top rope, subscribe, give me that five-star review, leave me any type of feedback that you want, whether it's good or bad. You know, I, I have to, I'm putting my voice and my stuff out there into the world, and I have to learn how to take criticism, whether it's good or bad. And I'll, I'll take the negative as long as it's constructive, and I'll try to build and get better, you know, right? You're never a finished product. If you think you are, then that's the moment you've stopped growing in life. And as this movie states... Life is brutal, but that's going to do it. Have a good weekend. Enjoy. We'll see you next time.